0: You're listening to Intellectual Erection. A place where we talk about the naughty non- <sighs> to stimulate your thinking. You're listening. You're
1: listening to Intellectual, Intellectual Erection. Intellectual, Intellectual, Intellectual
0: erection. erection. Welcome back to Intellectual Erection. I'm your host, Patrick. Today, I'm speaking with a panel of sex workers, namely Lola Cheeks, Madison Rex, and Lulu.
2: Um, We could talk about client hygiene, because that was something you were
0: saying. Yeah, client client hygiene. Wash your ass. (laughs) 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 This
2: is the team wash your ass. Um,
1: Shit.
0: Shit Shit. is right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Literally. Um, Anyway. (laughs) Uh, I want to add, like, a trigger warning to what I'm about to say.
0: (laughs) This episode is intended to be a sort of guide for baby hoes from some mama hoes. Before we get to the episode... First, I'd like to plug my art page again at aesthetic.erection on Instagram. If you want sex-positive art from within the community, please have a look there. I do some minimalist art prints. They are large format as well as some pop art. And if you go to intellectual.erection, where you find the podcast, you will see that I've also begun to offer consulting services around sex positivity and sex education. So reach out to me if you are interested in any of that. Before we get on to the episode, we have our first sponsor who sent a sex toy all the way from the UK for, well, not me but for someone to try. So I got my good friend Remedy Moore, who you may remember from a previous episode on the podcast, to try out The Satisfier, And here is her review for redroompleasures.com.
3: Hey, this is Remedy Moore, your local Toronto performance artist, mama and sex-positive slut, and I'm coming out of my pandemic-induced hibernation to tell you all about my new favorite sex toy. Firstly, a huge thanks to RedRoomPleasures.com and Intellectual Erection Podcast for getting me off today by sending me the Satisfier to try out and review. A few things I already loved when reading about this toy was that it's made of silicone, it's waterproof, which is extremely important for me, and practically silent, which is really important to my neighbors who are 100% sick of hearing my magic wand at 12 in the morning. So I got it started with a level one which was definitely too light for me. I usually need the highest setting on my vibrator but I really wanted to start on a lower level so I opted for level three. I'd imagined that this would feel something like some sort of sucking sensation just by the design with the hole but I was completely wrong. It's more like a pulsing that envelops part of your clitoris and pulses all around it getting all of your nerve endings at once instead of needing to move around Like you would with a vibrator. What I really love about this toy is the power for the size. It's pretty small, and that's important to me too because I really like to masturbate while laying on my stomach, which can be pretty awkward and uncomfortable with even the tiniest vibrator, but the size of the Satisfier allows you to hold it there without needing to move your hands or wrists at all. Another reason why that size is so good is that it can be really good during play with a partner, it can be difficult to keep a vibrator between two people when you're in missionary or facing one another. With this, it's so small and easy to just hold it to your clit and let it work its magic. Even on only level 3, I was able to come in just a few minutes. If you were to tell that to any of my past partners, they would likely be shocked because even with my vibrator, I can really take my time. So after coming on only level 3, three, which again, I was pretty shocked about, um, I had to take a couple minutes and kind of get going again because I really wanted to try a higher setting just to get the full experience. So I upped the setting a couple more to get the speed going. And I have to admit, I had to very actively stop myself from coming too quickly. So I think it's safe to say that the Satisfar will probably be the next addition to my bedside table. It's definitely a versatile little guy that packs a lot of power, and uh, I don't know, I, don't, I think in terms of a vibrator versus this, there's a lot of wrist work to be saved here. If you want to hear or see anything else um, that I'm up to these days, you can check out my Instagram at RemedyMore, which is R-E-M-E-D-Y-M-O-O-R-E, and there you can find all of my burlesque, all of my photos and modeling, and any kind of podcasts or writings that I'm working on at the moment. Thanks for listening.
0: If you want to get your own satisfier or some other sex toy, head to redroompleasures.com, or check them out on Insta at Red Room Pleasures. And you can get 10% off your order by using the code intellect10. That's intellect10 for this podcast. Cause intellectual erection's too long <laughs> now onto the episode. And as always, listen, subscribe, review, and most of all, enjoy. I'm sitting here today with
2: Lola
4: Cheeks, Madison Rex, and Lulu
0: hi welcome the three of you so okay. two two of three have been on the show before so lulu we talked about sex work and tourette's and lola cheeks formerly known as lola jean True. what did True. we talk about it was so long ago
2: i don't even remember Something um, polyamory sex like sex work probably online stuff because i feel like that's mostly what i was doing back then
0: hand hooking since the old days
2: no, I started hand hooking in the past year. <laughs> I
0: love that term. I just I, know, I it's just said today I was excited about it. And then we have Madison Rex, fresh to the show. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so the three of you are here to talk about
1: sex work. Yeah, but like a guide for baby hoes, yeah. like yeah. just fresh into the industry.
0: So baby hoes, this is your guide if you are interested in sex work and you want to know what you're getting yourself into, kind of how to deal with money, how to deal with clients, how to keep safe and sane, and uh, just how to navigate all of it, including the social and promoting yourself. We're going to talk about all that. I mean, I've asked Lola and Lulu the origin question before, but we can do a refresher. Maybe you've remembered something else since, and then Madison Rex will have a brand new story to share with us. So, The origin question is... Presumably. (laughs) Huh? Are you trying to remember?
4: Presumably I have a story. I don't know. i am going to think of one now.
0: Yeah, yeah. You you certainly do. So this is the the origin question. It's a two-parter. The first part is basically I'm just interested in knowing the first time when you were young, when you were a kid, that you remember realizing that sex and sexuality exists in the world. Like what's your first encounter with it? And what was that like?
2: It's, it's funny because since like when I listened to the old episode with you, I'm like, that was a lame story. Like I actually, so my story is kind of, well, yeah, it's a little weird. Um, so, so basically. Lola,
0: Lola Cheeks remix.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm remembering <laughs> something now. Let's do this. My, my memory is really good. Um, so I was brought up in a really, really Christian family and, um, I remember being really young and I would touch myself and I didn't really know why, but I knew I had to do it in secret. I knew it was something shameful because we're taught to like cover our bodies and we don't really talk about sex in our household ever or anything like that. So I remember I would think that Jesus was watching me. And I would like hide under the blanket and I would like, you know, like rub on my pillow or like use my hands. And I remember just feeling so guilty. The Jesus guilt. The Jesus guilt that, you know, if anyone who's brought up in religion, whatever religion it is, you definitely feel this like indoctrinated guilt of sex and sin, right? From a really early age. But yeah, I did that when I was like probably 10. Really? I think yeah. you're,
0: I think that's probably a, not a unique experience for anybody who's been raised Christian yeah. is the, the Jesus is watching uh, idea. <laughs> so
2: mm. messed up and strange, but yeah.
0: All right, who's got the next origin story?
2: I was
4: actually thinking about this and talking about it recently or else I probably wouldn't have had this story in my mind I would have totally forgotten about it. But um, and I don't know if this is actually exactly what you're looking for either, but it sort of applies. So I can... I don't know if at the time I would realize what... Like, it's like almost like proto-realizing sexuality. Like, probably... I don't know. Like, seven or something. I was still playing with Barbies. So, around five to seven years old, maybe. And I remember watching this episode of Who's the Boss? <laughs> and I... And it's such an odd, like, thing that happened in the episode. There was, like, a mud wrestling scene between two women. And I, like, really loved this scene in the show. It just made me feel a way that I'd never really, like, felt before. And it was probably all about – it was, like, definitely because it was two women. And it was definitely because there was a power struggle involved. And I definitely remember going downstairs and playing that scene out with my Barbies, like, a lot.
0: (laughs) And who was the boss?
4: Yeah, exactly. That was the <laughs> question. And they had to figure that out. And I would use like my um, the th- the tin that I kept their clothes in. As like the mud, I guess, and they would like s- make them struggle and fight in it
2: all the time. Yeah, hot. I totally forgot about that. Barbie primal play. Can we roleplay that? Yes, sometime? Can. down. down. <laughs> yeah. okay. Only my fa- favorite memory <laughs> <still>. only-, <laughs>
0: only fans video coming up.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely.
0: Okay, and Lulu.
1: So I already kind of said my like origin story of like how I found out that sex existed, but I kind of wanted to like feed off of this like kind of like not weird energy but like this like different take on it but like i said this before i grew up in a family that was very alt left so um like you know porn is violence against women and all this stuff but masturbation was not something that was shamed against in fact like my mom was like hi mom by the way uh, <laughs> she was like you have to masturbate to know what it's like to before you have sex like you have to and she would like check in with me once a week have you masturbated yet i was like no and that like made me not want to masturbate until i was like 14 and like but at that point i was like (laughs) I would be like, okay, tonight's the night. I'm going to do it. I'm going to have an orgasm. It wouldn't happen like, a year. I know, but she would, and then, like, I would say, like, no, I'm not doing it. Like, fuck you, mom. I'm not masturbating. I wouldn't masturbate because she was like, you have to know what it's like. Like, you're kissing boys. The next step is going to come. You need to know what your body does. So I was like rebelling against her by not masturbating. <laughs> but yeah, no, like I remember like one of the first times, <laughs> yeah. I was like turned on, I guess. I was like playing the Sims. <laughs> and they woo. Yeah, they woo-hooed. Yeah.
0: Sorry. They what? Yeah. They... Is
1: it like called woohoo or woo? It's they woohooed. Woohoo is having yeah
0: oh in the sims okay
1: yeah so like that's like my first moment. i'm like so embarrassed <laughs> i'm talking about this but like the first time i was like turned on was like playing the sims at my friend's house i was like what is this feeling but then also like I-, I wasn't like too young but my mom was like you have to masturbate before you make a guy orgasm because you have to know how to orgasm before a a boy you make a boy orgasm i'm like it makes sense now sort of but i think it was just kind of weird yeah Yeah. it made me rebel in a different way (laughs) but yeah (laughs) Yeah.
0: i will not touch myself because i'm encouraged to to. i'll show you by repressing my pleasure
1: yeah Yeah. so yeah (laughs) Uh, makes sense that's my that's my weird story
0: Awesome. Well, it's great to hear it. Between Barbies and Christianity and The Sims, I think we have a a robust sample of early childhood sexual experiences. The next part is usually how you became involved in the sex-positive communities, which means everything from kink, polyamory, fetish, sex work, and all that. Um, Again, two of you have already answered this previously, but if you have any additions to that, if not, Madison you could take it away.
4: Fet life I guess at first and then going to subspace parties that are no longer a thing anymore, but that was my first experience with that sort of scene. But um I that guess through fetish modeling like then meeting different people and different scene members and but I guess like Oasis Aqualand would be kind of the first time I really felt the sex positive part of it, maybe specifically. Yeah. Working there is an aqua flirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> OG aqua flirts.
2: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, we yeah. got two two or three aqua flirts, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, why don't we get into what we're here to talk about? So let's talk about your work. Where do the three of you work? What type of work do you do? And then we'll get into some of the tips and tricks for the baby hose.
2: I do lots of online work definitely during the pandemic that was my main focus is modeling a variety of things you'll find me naked in the woods a lot um and my only fans i've really put a lot of work into filming content and stuff for that um but temporarily right now while things are still relatively cool i am a massage attendant at flirt spa um Yes, and my name is Lotus there, just to confuse everyone. There was already a Lola on oh, the dear. schedule, so I couldn't have that name. So she's actually said that she's had people, she had a guy, and uh, the guy walked in and was like, who are you? And she's, like, really hot. So I feel like that would be really offensive to have somebody walk in. And anyway, sorry, I went completely <laughs> off topic. I don't know what I, what was the question. <laughs> no, no, you,
0: your answer is perfectly okay, okay, good. Okay, okay. Um, but you work, you work at a massage place yeah. as a... Professional masseuse, if you will,
2: yeah,
0: of the erotic persuasion. Yes.
2: very, very good hand jobs. You know,
0: oh, there you go, ha- hand hooking. <laughs> you like to say, I, I love that.
2: You have to say it in that particular accent as well for it to for it to work. But yeah, that is what I I do.
4: Um. So similarly, I'm doing a lot of online OnlyFans, um, mainly, um, especially right now in the pandemic. And I was formally, potentially, maybe will pick it back up again, working as a stripper at various clubs in the city. Started working as a stripper in Windsor, which is, <laughs> you know, slightly different, but yeah, so that's what my main focus is, I suppose.
1: Um. So I, up until like a week and a half ago, or two weeks ago, um... I was also a hand hooker. Um, <laughs> i I worked at both the spas that Lola worked at, so I was doing that and then um, I switched over to uh, Allegra, independent escorting. Um, however, I think I will be taking um, my services almost fully online at this point. Um, just because the OnlyFans is really working out, and uh, it's something that I love to do. It's very creative, and uh, camming's where I started, so it just feels like it's going full circle. So online work has always just been my favorite, yeah.
0: So there's uh, there's a few things that I'm curious about with the, with the online work, and we're going to get to that in a second, but something just cropped up in my head, which is because we've been talking about hand-hooking, <laughs> I want to know the the trade secrets to hand hooking like what is the technique that you use in order to you know make somebody finish up a little bit faster or what are your preferred techniques what what works on most of your clients because I'm sure there are some like you know trade secrets behind the scenes kind of stuff that would be interesting to hear about
1: yeah um I would just say, like, one of the major things is lots of lube and actually to go slower than faster because, like, a lot of guys are, like, sensitive near the tip and they are like, oh, yeah, it actually hurts when you go fast. So, you know, actually, like, being slow and, like, more sensual, yeah, Mm -hmm. was more at least my my thing that I did. Um, Also... I don't know. Um just kind of having like a routine in your head that you like play out um sort of like so you have like markers of like time in the room also cuz you don't want someone to like take advantage of your time as well. So you
2: have to be efficient. Yeah,
1: you have to be efficient especially if it's half hour. Um which most of the appointments are a half hour, so you have to kind of adjust how you do things whether it's half hour, 45 minutes hour 90 minutes two hours so you kind of yeah Yeah. it's different
2: i guess i would agree with you on the like slow i really like like a slow build up so like an average session it's not all hand job right like you do a massage you slide your oiled up boobs all over Uh, their back body slides You the best like well i mean now you can't breathe in their ear but you know you used to be able to like kiss them on the neck and do all the like the slow essential things that like really turn them on And then you know, eventually they're like, "Can I turn over?" Yeah. You do it to the front. I wish I could like describe this (laughs) motion. Um, This is like my go-to. Like I put my okay.
0: So your hand is is in an upside down grip, going from the base upwards while twisting your wrist. I like twisting. Yeah, so you get like a little tornado spin of hand flesh around your.
2: Sometimes you can do it for a really long time, so you learn how to do different ways to kind of like save your yeah your wrists and yeah. you have to learn how to be ambi ambi jerk stress <laughs> <ambi jerkstress. laughs> like my yeah. right arm is so much stronger i'm like okay we need to we need to switch yeah. this up do you anyway. ever just two-hand it yeah oh yeah if the if it's big it, it, it depends like I'm on the cock spend. and playing with playing with balls but like playing most people balls. like like slow yeah. if they like it rough they will let you know have
0: you ever have you ever had to go to the prostate to like really Yeah, I
2: did on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) And I always keep a glove in my basket. Instead of surefire, like like... um, if they request it, yeah, for sure. Oh,
0: okay. So it's not like okay, this person's taking a while. I wouldn't
2: like do no. No. Usually, like people would have to be like, hey, do you mind doing that? And I'm like, sure. I'm just gonna grab my glove and proceed from there. But like, I have lube like specifically for that too. right? Right. Like I'm I'm prepared for the situation, but it doesn't come up very often. Okay. All right. <laughs> we could talk about hand hooking all all night long, you know. So
0: <laughs> Madison, anything to add even though you're not exactly in the no? Okay.
2: I don't
4: do that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I yeah. just dance up on them and yeah. on stage. That was my
0: Do you have any trade secrets for uh, private dances? What what works best to get your clients' attention and to keep them there, actually, for more than the one song?
4: Talking. Like, Ah. just sharing your personality and things that you don't mind sharing about yourself that are true is all, like, how you basically run the clock out. And, like, giving whatever intimacy that you're comfortable with. Like, I am... Not the greatest twerker, not the best, (laughs) like other types of little like moves like that that girls can do in the room to kind of, I don't know, keep the guy hypnotized. But my uh, skill was definitely the gift of the gab and just keeping them engaged in some kind of conversation and then um, making them feel like they're the only man in the room and that kind of thing. It's just about giving them your attention and telling them a little bit about yourself.
0: I think that's a very important thing when it comes to, to stripping. It's not so much about the techniques and like the what you can do and how your body can move because that can entertain for like a little while. But I think it's that, that humanity that yeah. that comes through through like the conversation and making that person feel like they're, you know, they're being seen and they're being, you know, considered and not feeling lonely is a huge thing that, that a lot of like lonely men will go to to sex workers for and to you know to the strip clubs. So yeah, they I mean, just that, want a, a conversation. Huge, with they want a pretty girl. And, a,
2: and a connection. Yeah. even if it's um, they have a monetary exchange for it. too, yeah. right. Like. It benefits them in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, well, they get to they get to feel good. It's it's you know they get to have a little bit of human connection. And... I
2: love making people feel good. It's like the best one of my favorite parts of my job. Like I actually do enjoy a lot of a lot of it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, that was my favorite part of like hand hooking was talking. <laughs> <dog-hooking. laughs> I love
2: talking too. Yeah, I'm very. Yeah. I'm very chatty. I actually had a client the other day um, that guessed that I was from the East Coast because he's like, you talk a lot. And I'm, I always tell them, like, you know, if you'd rather be quiet, i like, shut like up. What is
0: kitchen and, like, party? <laughs> yeah. Like, he's
2: like, yeah, you talk a lot. But he had a great, you know, he had a great session. I, uh, you know, twerked my butt because when it's oiled up, it looks great.
0: <laughs> so let's get into this baby hoe guide. Yeah. Let's Let's guide some baby hoes. So if you're somebody out there who's looking to become a professional hoe, there are avenues for you. And obviously we can't cover everything here today, but we can talk from the experience of three professional mama hoes. (laughs) <laughs> if that's if that's appropriate terminology
2: I don't know. i guess so like we're moms I'm, i've always been your slot mom. Yeah, slut mom. Mom. Slut mom i don't slut know mom. i feel like
1: i could be a, a mom to other slots uh, maybe i've graduated to. well there you go yeah.
0: regardless we're gonna have a, a little bit of a, of a guided tour through what to expect how to get into it and all the other parameters so i think the first thing we can talk about is the various types of work Right, we can yeah. we can discuss a little bit what kind of sex work is out there and what to expect from getting into the the various kinds of sex work that is available from online things like OnlyFans to you know massage parlors to strip clubs to uh, full service sex work.
2: I guess we can start with with online, which. Um lulu is like the expert like we we've cammed together uh madison and i but like we've never like really killed the game like you have to take a lot you have to be ready to spend a lot of time and
1: dedication
2: into it and building a fan base which lulu has a lot more experience uh in so i'll let you take it
1: yeah i think that uh just like camming has always been like a really 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 good thing for me it's definitely not for everyone um, but I think that it can be for a lot of people if you, like, um, put the work and effort and you have patience, um, to do it. So, I guess, like, there's many avenues that you can do online. So, for example, I started on, uh, Cam. So, um, I originally started on Cam4, but I don't even tell people my username because it's so embarrassing. Um, <laughs>
0: What, what well, was your username?
1: I'm not saying it. <laughs> I'm not saying it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, But after that, I took on the Lulu XX, which was um, my free cams, which I started. And my biggest piece of advice for anyone starting on cam who's selling content, selling anything, Skype shows, whatever, is like take your money up front. Like you have to take your money up front no matter what industry you're in because people will take advantage i remember my first skype show um someone was like okay i'll pay you after to see like if i like it you know what i mean um the guy got off obviously and i never heard from him again and i like i was 18 19 right so i i had no idea and i had no one kind of telling me but you know uh now what he got would be worth $90 like i essentially lost $90 out of what <laughs> out of what um that person took advantage so you know if you go on cam don't say that i wouldn't say like i'm new here blah 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 because people are going to try and be like oh i'll be your room mod if you give me blah 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 room mod being someone who like kind of is like okay come on guys tip or blah like just promotes people to tip and stuff yeah i would just like
0: digital pimps or something
1: kind of (laughs) yes (laughs) and a lot of men who are like i this never happens to me anymore but i just remember like this is bringing back so many like memories um some men will be like oh yeah i do like cam coaching um oh, like oh,
2: right yeah like you're not doing it right they'll come in and like mm-hmm. accept, be like oh I can like you need to do this 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 and this and you'll be successful yeah, yeah like, like man coming in there trying to tell you how
1: to yeah so never accept like cam coaching or whatever um but yeah I would say the one thing that I was really bad at was like uh sticking to a schedule I've always been bad at sticking to a schedule but if you can stick to a schedule yeah. do it And you'll build the same people, um, like, coming up or whatever. But, yeah, so always take your money up front. Don't share too much with your client. Don't seem vulnerable. And, um, yeah, Uh, just only do what you're comfortable with as well. Yeah.
0: So then uh, do the rest of you have OnlyFans? Yeah. Okay, so let's get some uh, perspectives on the OnlyFans because with COVID, I know a lot of people have flocked to OnlyFans to try to make some money.
2: A lot of people have put a lot of work into their OnlyFans. Um, I know all three of us have, we collaborate on stuff constantly, but it is a really, really competitive game because there's so many people including Dumbass celebrities that are going to swoop in and take i was you know, i was going to ask about the
0: bellathorn issue actually <laughs> you know and, you and know. your perspective <laughs> you know, yeah you i know was we're saving all that cheesed
2: about it mm. um we can we can talk about it later because that will go way off topic um but knowing your brand is really important in this industry and i think that it goes beyond online but especially online um and knowing that people are going to like you for who you are. Yes. Like people on OnlyFans are looking for an experience with a real everyday girl, to be honest. A lot like a lot of my followers. And I used to think that I had to be super done up and do the most for videos. Some like some of my most popular ones are when I'm wearing like no makeup and I literally woke up and I'm like, oh, morning masturbation. And people like people love an authentic experience. So everyone has something unique and amazing about them, especially when it comes to like your sexuality. So just like really own who you are and whatever you're comfortable with sharing with the world. But like that's that's how you can gain a following, but also promoting your ass off and on um, Instagram and Twitter and being prepared to be deleted and shadow banned and blocked. But like that's how you're going to drive um, your followers up if you're new and starting out.
0: So it seems like that, that touch of humanity that we talked about just a little bit earlier when it comes to stripping is also important digitally because it makes people feel connected to you. Like you're an actual human being that they could encounter on the street and have a genuine connection with. So the closer that that virtual space is reduced through that sort of like human touch, the more that your clients are probably going to be engaged and want to come back and spend money on your content.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly.
4: Yeah. I read some advice like, uh, blog about camming that was uh, gave a good analogy where it's kind of like you wouldn't lend money to a stranger on the street or well I mean sometimes you do I guess but you're less likely to lend money to somebody who's just been asking you kind of like nowhere out of the blue that you don't know but you're much more likely to give somebody money out of your pocket that's a friend of yours so in a way what you're doing is like making these people feel like your friend so making intimate bonds as much as they might be based on kind of shallow things are you're kind of allowing people to feel like I'm helping somebody I like versus just kind of asking for money right away um, and getting kind of frustrated about it is not necessarily the best approach because people don't necessarily feel all inclined that inclined to open their wallets to somebody who's just complaining that they need money. You know, but if you like that person and they feel and you feel some kind of connection, you feel like you want to help them. So that's where that kind of relationship and that's where like the sweet spot is, I think.
0: Right. So, again, it comes through in the in the connection in building a little bit of a connection with your clients.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: So unlike some of the skepticism, it's not just this cold transactional approach that's going to get <laughs> you really far in this industry. It's no. actually just putting your your humanity up front.
2: Yeah. I'm a warm and fuzzy. I'm a warm and fuzzy sex worker. Part of knowing
4: your brand is knowing how to show the part of yourself that is that um, part that people can relate to. And you can't just be, I mean, some, unless you're specifically, say, in fine doming or some other very specific, very, like, niche type of um, online or 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 otherwise, um, that's, specifically derived at like give me money now you know piggy or something like that you um do a lot better and it's a lot easier and enjoyable for everyone when you're kind of like enjoying it and having fun doing it and the way that you do that is because you've found like bonds and connections with people you kind of have to like doing like making connections if you want to be a sex worker i would say in most cases that's part of like what it's really about it doesn't seem like that but it is mm-hmm. really more about the connections and the conversations that you're gonna have
1: yeah I would like that's like exactly like you have to know how to connect to people and like you know be pleasant to talk to as well like you you don't want to seem like you're like oh yeah uh-huh like you just that your ulterior motive is to just like take all their money, you know, you can't walk in the door with that attitude, because it's not gonna work, but also you have to, like, not get taken advantage of at the same time, like, you can't spend too much time, because if you want it to be a job, like, you have to have income, but with that being said, um, when I was first, starting as a cam girl i had lower goals like in terms of like how much money i wanted to make so i was like really sick at the time that i started working um on cam so i'd be like okay as long as i'm making um what was minimum wage five years ago uh,
0: ten, like yeah. nine bucks
1: 14 14 an hour no no yeah nine dollars nine, nine,
0: nine, five years
1: five like years ago now. yeah oh maybe I was like a lot I don't know I had a goal I was like as long as I'm making $15 an hour um that's more than like a normal job and it will pay my bills so I know that sounds like really cheap
0: yeah
1: um but like at the time when I was just starting I had these small goals and I'd be like okay I can make this and now I'm gonna raise my price a little bit as the following came so I would don't don't sell your worth like be like oh yeah I'm i want to make like one dollar an hour like don't don't be like that but like have like a reasonable goal like just slightly over um, minimum wage might like might be a good place to start you know for online for online not 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 oh my god (laughs) don't do not take my this advice for in person but yeah do not take this advice for in person yeah i know (laughs) (laughs) but if you're fast food sex Yeah, no, no, no. I feel like this is, like, maybe bad that I'm saying this, but no, no. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, basically, the main point is, like...
0: Know your worth.
1: No, one, know your worth, but don't be discouraged if you are making not that much money at the beginning. Because I feel like that's where a lot of people give up. That's true. It's not instant. Nothing. No, 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 it's not instant. I only started becoming really popular on cam, like... A year and a half ago. And that's when I started saying, okay, I can make 200, 300 bucks every time I can. That's my goal. But like, it took so long to get, like, so effing yeah. long, like, three years to get there. Um, but yeah, so it, it's a lot of patience. So, for online work takes a lot of patience. That's all, all right. I have to say.
0: <laughs> so, before we get into the the social media stuff, how to get onto that. Do we want to make any comments about Bella Thorne? Make people understand why <laughs> sex workers are frustrated.
2: <laughs> well, basically, Bella Thorne is a privileged celebrity who, like, I didn't even know who she was before any of this. All yeah. I just know now is that I hate you. <laughs> yeah. So, but basically, um, she because she's a celebrity and already has a huge following, got. A lot of subscribers instantly because she created a page, uh, an OnlyFans page, and then she ripped them all off by sending them a message saying that it was a nude when it actually wasn't because you can send basically locked messages that people have to pay to unlock on OnlyFans. Um, So she made all this money and then all of these people requested refunds. Um, So now OnlyFans has capped the amount of tips we can receive. Um, and now customers can dispute payments. I don't know if you've, either of you have seen that on there, but they can, they can dispute, like they can say that you ripped them off and request for money back um, yeah. because of this incident. And it, the payment period of us waiting to be paid out is longer now because of it. Because mm. she basically, she fucked everything up.
0: So privileged celebrity with money comes in to exploit system to make more money and leave sex workers disheveled with more stringent rules. Oppressing them than before
2: when people need money now more than ever Like yeah. you know what? I mean the timing yeah. is just it's really fucking horrible And then she gave some half-assed apology of how she was trying to bring awareness to like,
0: Yeah,
2: how by taking our only a lot of people's only source of income away Like yeah. you know what? I mean I there's definitely been times where I've received more than a hundred dollar tip and now I can't do that so
1: Huh. Thanks. Thanks, bitch. That's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> Any other yeah. comments on that? Uh, yeah. So I, I basically hold the same opinion as Lola. I have just like a slight variation. So first, um, I think the timing that she did it, again, was fucking awful. Like, yeah. Cool. So and she has like... Th- With the timing, it's, like, she has all the resources to um, put together these, like, fantastic videos and all this stuff because she has this, like, wealth and all that stuff. And ultimately, I know this sounds weird, I don't think I would care about that aspect that much if it weren't a pandemic. But the thing that really pisses me off is that she's, like, oh, yeah, this is a nude nude. Ripping, scamming people's never okay. So, it's just, like... That's the part that really makes me angry. Ultimately, no one can stop anyone from making an OnlyFans. Is it right for her to do it? Probably not. Um, however, yeah, just during a pandemic with all her resources, tons of girls are like coming in with like a um a, a camera on the on the computer, you know, like not even a webcam and you have to go and back and invest all the money you've made in that week on a better webcam so that it's
0: yeah, an equipment upkeep yeah all of that yeah so
1: she's going in with all this resources to like have this amazing production during a time of like economic crisis for so many people because um, she's
2: rich and yeah, yeah
1: exactly and i actually like like i'm like whatever people can make only fans but I'm pissed off that she did it during a pandemic and that she ripped people off because scamming people is just a scammer is a scammer is a scammer i didn't I didn't
0: even know that she had actually posted pictures that she claimed to be nude that weren't. I had no idea in the content that she posted.
4: That's also another big issue because a lot of what we do is a um, the basically the trust between the buyer and the seller is broken. So lots more people who are OnlyFans patrons could potentially be more skeptical that we're going to offer the things that we say we're offering. It just basically paints us all on OnlyFans like a scammers, which not all of us are. Lots of us intend to um, sell you the things that we are advertising, but that just is another thing that delegitimizes the things that we try to do and advertise.
0: Yeah, so basically there was no positive net effect from Bella Thorne going on to only fans and mm-hmm. she's just made things worse
1: and i i think that the other thing that like really pisses off sex workers specifically is that she's trying to like white knight everyone and like save everyone and be like oh yeah like this is what being a sex worker is like and because i was one in quotations mm-hmm. and um or like i am one um but she's coming from like a very like privileged against situation so like um she's like oh yeah i've directed a porn before okay anyone with 500 bucks can direct a porn like you know but like
0: or an iphone or yeah,
1: yeah. exactly like anyone with been. five yeah whatever can direct a porn um but there's like a lot of struggle that like sex workers go through that she'll never have because she's a celebrity. So, like, you know, you have to go in with it, like, oh, I had, like, I don't know, I don't, maybe I'm wrong with this, but I don't think you can have a, like a, like a legitimate or sincere experience as a sex worker, um, unless you've started from nothing and not from, all the protection and cloud and um everything that she has helping her along. Like I I just don't think it's an authentic experience. So Yeah,
0: I think if she had gone into this collaboratively with existing sex workers and said, Hey, by the way, I'm about to start an OnlyFans and use my privilege and my face in order to Share my nudes with the public and actually deliver actual nudes and be like, here's my body, which it has, you know, value for entertainment. And, you know, producers would pay me this amount of money for me to expose myself on camera. And I'm offering it directly to you to avoid things like the, uh, the, the hacking of people's phones. And so if she was doing that in order to show that message to destigmatize human bodies and sexuality and work with sex workers and then take that money and put it back into the community and try to help fight against us to foster, that would have been an approach where even though it's a little white knight ish it removes a lot of that privilege because now you're taking that power and you're offering it to the people who need it let's get into the social so if you are a baby hoe starting out you're going to want to be on social to promote yourself whether or not you want to maintain anonymity we can talk about that. We can talk about the type of social media platforms that exist, the better and the worse ones, and what to do to avoid things like getting shadow banned, removed, and what to do when it does happen. Because, for at least two of you, if not three, it's already happened more than once.
4: <laughs> I, don't know if know yeah. I know we know
2: how to avoid that. I know we know how to happen to happen to you. That's mm. for sure. We, but. we can we can start from the <sighs> beginning though. So, knowing your brand is good. You know, having a name. Um, deciding whether or not you you do want to be anonymous. So if you want your face out of photos, um, but like having pictures is something that, you know, is a good start. Um, and photographers, especially in this, uh, city are, uh, a a plenty. Well, there's lots of guys with cameras, but, um, do your research, um, on who you work with. So my, my first piece of advice would be like, follow other hoes, like follow other, (laughs) internet models um that you see and like just be like hey i'm new here and like send us a message like i promise you it might take me a while but i will never ignore somebody that's like looking for advice or asking me about a photographer to work with like i i deeply care about people's safety um and that's but yeah sorry i'm going way off topic but like you need you need content You're, that, need that content. is
0: something that we're going to talk about is is a matter of safety when it comes to sex work and avoiding predator photographers which we know of at least two or three in Toronto that have been outed in the last little while and most recently so we can uh, we can drop some names and <laughs> and some spill the tea. Uh, yeah spill some tea around here <laughs>
4: I think if you're starting your online presence and you're thinking of advertising the work that you do, I know there's lots of ways to censor like, and keep yourself anonymous, but I think at the end of the, the day, you have to be relatively comfortable with the notion that you are going to potentially be discovered. And so you have to, if you're not okay with that at some place like, in your mind and in your life then maybe don't do it. If you can't be kind of comfortable with the fact that your body and face and, and your what you're doing might um, leak into other parts of your life that you are not prepared for, then it's probably my recommendation that you wait until that's okay in your life. You have to definitely be sure that that's something that you're, you can kind of keep your lives and different things separate. And I actually kind of managed to do so semi successfully for a long time. So it's possible to do, but it's um, something that I know at the end of the day, I would, you know, if those things walls came up, I've already got my mental things in place that will um, allow me to be okay with that. So you have to be okay with that. I would say.
0: Right. So like, there's no point in, in pretending like you're going to be anonymous forever because somebody will, recognize you, some part of your body and maybe the place that you took the photos or they know or some sort of tagging system alerts somebody and people are really super excited about outing other people that they know Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. family members and friends somehow. It's a
4: horrible thing and people shouldn't do that. And you definitely, I don't endorse that behavior and it's for sure horrible to do so. But if, and I'm not necessarily speaking about like intentional outing, just even, you know, your picture's are never going away. The internet never deletes everything. So something could circulate into, you know, from whatever source, even innocently, you have to just kind of be okay with at some point point and um, some level of your brain that like my pictures are out there in this kind of like in this light and you have to be kind of all right with that.
0: Yeah. So prepare for the worst case scenario. Yeah. If your family or relatives or whoever or friends find out or employers, what are you going to do? What's your What's your plan? Yeah.
4: yeah. Lots of um, budding models might take pictures because it's exciting and then not be hopefully prepared for the repercussions and try to get those pictures removed. And I've, I've seen that happen a few times and it's not um, a successful thing to try to do. People have tried to do it and with varying levels of success. So if you feel like there's any part of you that's going to regret those pictures eventually, then probably just don't do
2: it. Yeah. That's, that's solid advice. That's like my ultimate fear, but I've had to just kind of, cause I'm from a really small place and I used to be very like secretive about my accounts and not let people from home follow me. And now I'm v- much more open. Like I, there, I have a a few, from where I'm from, follow me on like OnlyFans and stuff, and buy my porn, and like I'm okay with it. I'm ideally would not like my parents to find out, but if it happens, I'm prepared to have, <clears throat> excuse me, the conversation with them, like mm-hmm. that I'm an adult, I'm doing this, like because I want to, because it makes me happy, um, and
1: yeah. This is kind of like a weird thing to be talking about. It's kind of like coincidental too, actually. The day after I filmed or, or we taped the podcast about uh, Tourette's, um, my uh, like in-laws, I suppose, uh, came to me and were like, we have to talk to you about something. And I was like, okay, like, what's up? And they were like, yeah, we know what you do and like all this stuff. And basically, it wasn't anyone's fault, um, but uh, you have to be careful about what you link your phone number or um, personal email, so it wasn't actually me who linked their, uh, phone number, but it was my partner linked his, um, phone number to his person, or not his personal, his, like, photography Instagram, so he's at Pronsterar on Instagram, um, but, uh, yeah, so, you know, his parents saw, oh, a suggested con, uh, contact, so they click on it, because they saw like um something that looked familiar. Oh my god, it's uh it's Lulu and like her naked body and then they go check on Twitter and then there is uh me like sucking off their son and then oh my god, <laughs> she works at a spa and she gives hand jobs all day to random men. Oh my god, like so they just and it was like literally I was living at their house at the time. And I was stuck in quarantine with them having to explain, like, all this stuff. They're actually okay with the the OnlyFans and stuff like that now. Um, But, yeah, you have to be, like, no matter... Like, it, it took five years before someone discovered. And you have to be prepared that the most embarrassing people are going to... Like, my, my father-in-law has seen me have sex... Um, and I'm, I'm really lucky that they're really liberal. And the fact that they were like, oh, never wear a blonde wig. It's not a good look for you.
0: What is he a subscriber now? No,
1: not a (laughs) subscriber. No, but just on like Twitter and stuff, they've seen stuff and they've joked about it. Um, so I'm really lucky to have that, but you could have like a really bad experience where like people disown you and, um, stuff like that. So you have to be. We kind of expected that if um, my my parents found out and they hate it, if his parents found out, they would be accepting of it. Uh, we kind of suspected that. Um, but,
0: right.
1: yeah, he was, at, at first, they're like, um, to my partner, oh, is she um, manipulating you into you being okay with this and all that stuff. So hmm. it was a long discussion. It took about a month for it to.
0: So then, know. yeah, being prepared for that conversation or that eventuality is something that, is important now when it comes to specific social media promotion the two primary sites that you're gonna to go to are Twitter and Instagram Facebook not so much I don't think that would even work for sex workers at all well, my
1: parents but my I guess I guess
0: the most sex worker friendly is Twitter because they allow nudity but as you some of you were saying earlier they're starting to crack down we also know that Instagram cracks down Fairly often on sex workers, and it could be in a number of ways. Either because bots will see your images as being sexually explicit, people report your images because they're butthurt you didn't respond to their DMs, or they find it personally offensive, or somebody stumbles on to your profile through one of your hashtags, or I think another uh, reason is that somehow you are discovered to be a sex worker by some sort of link. I know that if you link only fans in your bio in twitter and instagram that's sort of like a flaggable thing that that could get your account removed or shadow banned or whatever what advice uh, is there for for doing that how do you how would you go about linking your only fans on instagram knowing that that's a potential
4: I uh, personally like lola and i've just tr- like trial and errored for a long time currently we are suggesting people follow our fan page just to be really, like, discreet. It's really frustrating that you can't just advertise it like you're, I don't know, have an Etsy shop and you can just link it like you, you know, on any other person selling their own business can on Instagram and Twitter. But um, we have to be clever in the way that we suggest people check out what we are really truly offering, which is, like, our paid content. Um, so just being kind of clever with the wordplay, see what other people are doing in the scene and kind of follow suit so that there can be the new lingo for, you know, the, the potential subscribers and patrons to know and understand. They'll kind of start to like link, you know, when they say this, this is what they mean.
0: Mm. You know? Yeah. Cause the problem with, uh, with the only fans website is it's not, I don't know how it's constructed, but their search engine just absolutely sucks. You cannot search for anybody by their username. So unless you have the direct link to someone's page, you literally cannot find them yeah. on OnlyFans. So then you're stuck to to having to use the exact link, and that might be the thing that flags you yeah. as being a sex worker on on social media. So I don't know if you can if there's like sites where you could do like a redirect link. That might be an option. Uh, this is for people who program or people who know internets more than I do. But if you could you do a redirect link somehow, uh, then people would just click and you say like fan page and then it redirects or whatever. Yeah,
4: I, if I that mean, helps. that would be kind of an interesting idea to look into from a technology standpoint. Well, maybe I'll think about that some more. But <laughs> <Tap seat. laughs> um, Uh, Other than that, too, this is like maybe a more general advice um, about the psychology that might be helpful to adopt when you're thinking about, you know, being shadow banned or um, your page is getting taken down or you're not getting the response that you want um, on your social media and that sort of thing. The way that I decided early on when I started kind of using Madison Rex as a way to, as like my persona for all of this like, stuff, linking it all together, fetish modeling, OnlyFans, stripping, whatever, I see her as part of me, but she's separate. So when anything doesn't go right, it's not me personally that's failing. It's just that business that I'm doing or action that I'm doing is not currently working. So if, like, I had to... Like, more on the loss of my Instagram from, like, six years or whatever it was of content, personal, professional, whatever art that I had created over so long that um, was just deleted like that out of, like, the blue. But at the same time, it was um, essential that I, you know, like, a Buddhist decided to just, like, let it go and not try to
3: attach too many
4: things and meaning to it because it's really just the thing that I do. It's not me, all of me. And so if you can think of the things that you're putting out there as like art that is, you know, just something that you created but isn't, and people's like judgment of it isn't judgment on you as a person. It's just something that you're doing. Um, You'll be able to see it with more objectivity be able to work it in ways that maybe are a little bit less like less personally um, motivated and more, you know, with a a crucial objective business savvy.
0: Right. Because at the end of the day, sex work is work. So if you treat it like work, then anything that's work related, it doesn't have to be personal necessarily.
4: That also relates to the kinds of, you know, DMs that you're inevitably going to get. You know, if you're, if they have things to say about you that are less than positive, you can think of it as, well, they're saying that about, you know, Madison racks, whoever she is, not, you know, me. That's a good way
1: of thinking about it. Yeah,
2: I like that. Yeah.
0: Well, I guess that also blends into notions of safety, which is something else that we're going to talk about, is how do you stay safe as a sex worker in all the possible ways, in ways that I know not, that you know very well.
4: There's so many ways that you need to stay safe. Um,
1: I have, like, a stalker. Hi.
0: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) we know you're listening yeah stop stalking
1: yeah so this was oh my god this i don't like this goes back to like cam 4 and like has followed me all the way like i was 18 followed me all the way till like 24 i'm turning 24 now holy shit um do i regret telling this man certain things about myself so when i first started camming i felt very isolated in my life and i like he was like nice to me so i just spilled my guts about everything um he found out where i went to school (laughs) like i told i told him all this information though because i was like naive you know and also like sick but like That's just me being naive. And then, like, I, like, have gone to the cops. Still, this year, I'm having to go to the cops because he's um, calling me when he has a no-contact order. Like, stuff like that. And people are always like, why did you tell him stuff? I'm like, this was, like, five years ago, okay? I was, like, 18 and, like, you know, I had to, like, take a break from university because I had, like, brain inflammation. Like, this was not a good time. So, um... First of all, I would recommend, um, like, starting sex work in a place where you feel good about yourself. Don't do it when you feel bad about yourself, because you're going to fuck up um, if you're in a bad place. So that's why I don't even like to mention CAM4 um, as my beginning. But yeah, like, it, it really was, and it it caused a lot of problems of, of stalkers, because I had no idea what I was doing. Then... About uh, maybe a year later, I came back to it on a different site with more um, resources, more research and all that stuff. So really just like read about how to stay safe in online. And that also goes for uh, in person, if someone wants to kind of segue. it, It
0: sounds like there's certain personal boundaries that you need to set up. So what I'm hearing throughout this, that needs to be reiterated for, again because this cannot be said enough, is that sex work is work. So you do have to treat it like work. And as much as you put a level of humanity into it, like we talked about earlier, and having personal connections with people, it's important that part of that is those people also understanding that you have to have boundaries for yourself, for your privacy, for your safety, and your mental health.
1: I think that a lot of people um, on campsites or in person, like wherever, um, they become very infatuated with you yeah. and that is been a major problem that i've had over the last few years is that people become infatuated they want to be in a relationship with you. like it's just things have total like totally spun out of control because i i've had troubles with boundaries so i think just like knowing what your boundaries are knowing the red flags when someone is going to cross your boundaries is like a big thing and honestly I'm still learning about this shit so I think probably one of you guys should talk about this because I'm not the expert at boundaries that's for sure
0: It's okay <laughs> others can learn from your mistakes
1: yeah we yeah we will reiterate knowing your boundaries and
2: that applies to all forms of sex work how much you're willing to give away for free when you're talking to someone who's damning you um, If you're going to engage with the person that's going to, you know, try to insult you, um, clients will give you red flags. So I guess this would, I'm going right to like full service. Um, I'm very, very strict. uh, And people, if they say certain things to me, it's like a strike. Three strikes, I'll block your number. I don't tolerate, now that I know, I don't tolerate people who won't provide you with the information you request so if you're going to meet someone you need to know like their id you need to do a proper screening process and if people refuse to give you that information walk away it's not worth no amount of money is worth risking your safety so knowing your boundaries of what's going to keep you safe is is the most important if you get a bad vibe if you get a bad feeling don't go don't do it just don't trust your instinct is like A really big one for me because there's been times where you know you're like oh well like I could use the money and you you kind of minimize things and that's when like bad things can happen you need to really know what's okay what's not okay for you and stick to it because people in this industry clients even like other people you're going to work with owners of spas are going to push your boundaries and you have to be like they're going to test them so you have to be strong in that um, and it can be really hard also finding like a little group of sex workers is going to help you out too because we're like a family. Um, we do want to take care of one another because we know we know what you're going through. Like there's somebody out there that like can understand and like support you. I've made so many amazing friends doing what I do um who you can, you know, actually talk about like what's going on at work too. Which
1: is yeah. which is nice. It's nice. Yeah.
2: You don't have to
4: um, let somebody convince you of anything and they will try to convince you um, clients in particular will try to um, get you to lower your prices get you to extend your time get you to try to try to get more out of you um, almost like like everybody <laughs> likes a sale everybody likes a deal <laughs> and clients of sex workers are no different and they love to feel like they've gotten something special or, um, something more for the, you know, suggested asking price and you staying firm to that and not letting, um, anybody kind of convince you to do anything that first of all, you're uncomfortable with. And second of all, that you, um, for less money than you've offered, it's unnecessary because there's going to, there's plenty of, clients out there, potential clients that are willing to pay probably way more than you are currently asking for the things that you are offering. So just keep your, um, prices firm and your boundaries firm. Um, anybody who wants those to be lower doesn't deserve your, what you're offering.
2: Keep your standards high when it comes Mm -hmm. to clients. Cause there are really, really great ones out there. Yeah. Um, you don't have to. And usually you have to kind of wait for them,
4: unfortunately, because they're shy and few and far between, but they are out there and you don't have to lower anything at all until they arrive. So just keep it firm and don't, you know, let the time wasters uh, try to chip away at um, whatever it is that they feel like they are attacking to try to get whatever they're trying to get from you for
2: less.
0: Well, a stripper friend of mine said the other day that this drunk client came in, and he was asking for a deal. So she's like, yeah, okay, we can go upstairs for one song, it's 20 bucks, but a special deal for you tonight, if you do three songs, it'll be 60 bucks. She's like, <laughs> amazing, I'm best, down. Yeah.
4: Being clever like that, it works so well in the strip club, when you can make somebody laugh, they're yours. So yeah, that's He smart. was drunk
0: enough to believe it was a deal, and he went the for best, it, so it's great.
4: Yes, alcohol and, you know, lap dances go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> alcohol
0: and math, not so much. No, yeah, like, yeah.
4: Yes, sir, it's been 15 songs. Now you need to pay me $300. <laughs> there you go.
0: Well, I mean, along with this, there's boundaries of safety that we talked about, and this is to preserve a lot of, uh, a lot of your um, integrity, and we also can talk about not just personal safety, but also uh, sexual safety and health. Right, because I'm sure as much as clients negotiate money, they will also love to negotiate.
2: I don't do extras of flirt. There's no extras. Let's make that clear. Don't ask for them. It's really not nice. Um, But protection, yeah. Um, If you are offering services, don't like people. There are going to be so many people that are going to ask you for bareback blowjobs. If that's not something you want to do, which is it's not something I want to do. You just you say no, but they will ask you. They will ask you over and over and over again. They will ask you for bareback full service, which to me is just pure yeah, insanity. Cool. Yeah. Um that anyone like I'm sir, I am I am an escort. Why do you why do you think that's a good idea? And they will be like, "Oh, I'm clean, I'm married." And I'm like, "But I don't
0: But if but. if the sex worker that you're paying to have sex with is willing to say yes to bareback sex with you, yes, then That should make you think maybe they say yes to other clients. And if they're saying yes to other clients, then you have a whole roster of people that this person might be having sex with unprotected. So why would you put yourself at risk if you consider yourself clean?
2: I also think there's a really unfair stigma surrounding sex workers, and we're seeing this during the COVID crisis, that we're all dirty and unclean because of what we do. And I can say like for a lot of people that I know that are in this industry, including myself, like we are hyper vigilant about being tested for STIs and COVID. Oh, yeah. um, we are wearing masks. We want to do all the things that are going to keep us safe, but that we can all still have fun and make money. Um, but I will say that the people that are engaging in the most risky behavior and enforcing the most risky, like pushing the boundaries are the clients um whether it's not wearing a mask or not wanting to wear a condom like it's usually them that are initiating the unsafe practices and sex workers have to be the ones to enforce them am am i
3: right yeah well when when your
0: body is like the the primary source of your money making then of course you're going to be the most concerned with with your your bodily health
2: yes and
0: (laughs) yeah and maintaining the very thing that keeps making you money and
2: we have a life outside of sex work and partners and people that we have sex with that don't pay us, you know, that we want to be, we want to keep them safe and we want to be able to have safe sex with them. So like, obviously I'm not going to risk my health, my partner's health and and the client's health to do something like that. Um, yeah. And it, it's just really disheartening that more people aren't like respectful of, of that. Even like, you know, a lot of people are going behind their partner's backs. Like you really, that's really what you want to do. If you like, have unprotected sex with a complete stranger it just seems it's it's mind baffling sorry i could go on forever the mind boggles
4: at the mentality of the kind of client that you just suggested which is not uncommon and i don't even know how to respond to it i know that i have encountered it more than i like probably see you know a regular sane person that i could relate to but um it's just some the reality of the situation, however they come to this mentality, I can't imagine. But um, the it's important to have these discussions and flip the script that it's actually like the clients that make sex work dangerous, not necessarily sex workers. We are not the ones going out there and, you know, um, big numbers making diseases more prevalent or things dirty or COVID more prevalent. It's actually probably... Um, the patrons and clients that don't have the for whatever reason the personal safety like guidelines and want to keep us safe as well for whatever reason and it's too bad
0: yeah we can also discuss you know clients etiquette and and their own hygiene and and other things that they bring to the table
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: shit <laughs> shit is right
1: <laughs> yeah Uh, Literally. Um, Anyway, (laughs) uh, I want to add like a trigger warning to what I'm about to say. Um, It's not that. I I might bring it up later depending on how I feel. Um, But I just wanted to say that um, unfortunately, like I'm going to just speak for myself if anyone else is comfortable saying um, their experience. Um, When I worked um, at both spas that I was at, spa number one and flirt um I have had instances of sexual assault at both uh like actually like full-blown rape so and with like unfortunately with no protection and of course I got tested and I continue to get tested and all that stuff but I think that you have to look like it's not like bound to happen but like in some instances it I don't know, like, it just, it happens. Like, it happens. Like, a lot of the friends that I, I've had in the sex industry, people get raped, but I think the thing that you really have to look at is how, if you're working for someone else, how that, uh, the institution, is that the right word? Deals with the situation. Um, spa number one said that they were going to talk to me about it. Nothing. Nothing. They didn't have their security cameras on, absolutely nothing, no safety precautions were taken afterwards, and to me that was a really big flag- uh, big red flag, so, um, yes, clients can make you really unsafe, uh, but also it's the standards that your institution, spa, agency, um, pimp, if you want to s- call it that, um, uh, put out for you, so there was no precaution taken. Um, I am not affiliated with either spa. I I love flirt. I I loved how they dealt with my sexual assault. Uh, like I don't love that I was sexually assaulted, but they did the best that they could in terms of dealing with that. So, they offered me free counseling, self defense class. Um, there they like took a picture of the guy's license. Um, like was like, oh, if he walks in here, we're like threatening him. Or like call the police. Do you want to go and get a rape test done? Like, called me at 1 in the morning, checking to make sure if I was okay. To me, that's a really good thing. Like, if, if you are raped at your institution, you should feel supported. You should not accept anything less than if you were working at McDonald's and got raped at McDonald's. Like, it's the same. You're working there. You're not asking for full. You're not asking for certain things. You're not asking to be fucked. Full service. It's rape, and your workplace needs to treat it as if, uh, not as if, as it is a sexual assault, rape. You you need to absolutely. Yeah, I exactly. think even if
0: you're a full service sex worker and somebody's paying you for penetrative sex, obviously you could still get raped in that situation. Yeah, they can force themselves on you and the moment you cease to give consent then at that point it's sexual assault so even then uh you know it, it doesn't matter what the the client is expecting if that's not what's consented to in the in, in the interaction it doesn't matter what the job is like you said it could be mcdonald's it could be full service sex work rape is rape Mm -hmm. and I mean unfortunately in a lot of situations with full service sex workers you won't have institutional protection unless you're working for um, an agency and even then I don't know how much it is that they can do
1: yeah but if your spa does not invest into security I would highly recommend that you shop around and go get yourself a spa that will invest in your safety that's what I'm gonna say about shopping around (laughs) like
0: that's a good point
1: yeah um, we could talk about client hygiene because that was something you
2: were
0: saying. Yeah, client, client hygiene. And we wash def- your
2: ass. <laughs> this is the team wash your ass. Um, yeah, <laughs> if, if if you show up to an appointment, even if you've had a shower before you get in the car and drive to where you're going, please just take a shower for the kind lady. It's the time, especially of COVID. like Just, just wash yourself thoroughly, well, well. Because like uh, if you don't if you smell nice I will be like much more happy to be cozied up to you like if you stank I'm gonna try to be as as far away but close as possible you know what I mean like it's it's very nice etiquette uh, hygiene just please wash your butt properly in between like get in there and your peen and your peen (laughs) wash it all
1: with soap get get the (laughs) force
0: oh no this is story.
2: Yeah. Skin and wipe your dick. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get off of the dick topic because that just makes me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and go back to, but kind of building on what uh, Lulu is talking about on doing your research, whether it's a massage place or escort agency or a photographer you're gonna work with ask around. Ask people you've seen that have worked there or have been associated. Ask people what their opinions are and do your research before you uh, make a decision on where you choose to to work or who, whom you choose to work for. Um, yeah, do your research.
4: Yeah, similarly, if um, you have things that make you feel safe and that institution or photographer or whoever it is that you or even client requests that they don't want you to have that, then that's a huge red flag. A thing um, in modeling that is a big um, bone of contention between photographers and models is whether or not we should be, and it should be kind of encouraged that we bring an escort or, you know, somebody with us to shoot. And any photographer that thinks or tries to convince you that you shouldn't for various reasons that always benefit them more than you, you shouldn't shoot with them. If they find it uh, impeding of their ability to make art or whatever, then they obviously, you know, that their that art is, is questionable. That is like a, sh- a small price to pay. I'm sorry, buddy, for our feeling safe because you don't understand the risk that we're putting ourselves in constantly and always. There, are, I unfortunately can barely say, and probably it's you know, women, and then maybe a very small percentage of men that I've shot with over the seven years that I've been shooting, you know, erotic and fetish content that have not crossed a boundary at some point of some kind. And so, um, from small to large, like, um, incidents that have, you know, various effects and I have to carry those with me forever. And, So if bringing somebody to a shoot that may or may not make it, you know, slightly less creative for you is what it takes, then you should just allow me to have that.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I've had, I've had people who have asked to have their partners uh, or friends show up to this podcast for recording when I've done it in person, because there have been people that I don't know and they've wanted somebody here to, to, you know, to be around so that they could feel safe. And even for me, I'm like, oh, having another person in the room creates extra noise. And that's something I have to account for. But I wouldn't, I, my first response to that is, of course, of course you can, because I know why you're asking this. I
4: get it. It's slightly yeah. inconvenient for yeah. you. But you know what? It's going to be 100% more traumatic for me if, you know, that I didn't bring somebody and it ended up, you know, in a situation that, like, I was uncalled for or a boundary was transgressed.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Well, we've covered a lot here. So I don't know if there's anything left to be said about maybe etiquette or money matters in when it comes to sex work.
2: Save your money. It's, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, Mm -hmm. save your, save your coin. I did (laughs) not
1: see the pandemic coming. And no one freaking saw the pandemic coming. And at the end of the pandemic, I had zero, you know, like money goes fast. Save it. Save it. I I went to Jamaica, like right before the pandemic and I regret it.
4: (laughs) Yeah, like any other job and any other um, situation, it's smart to save your money for a rainy day and this is no different. It feels really nice when you get that cash in hand and it's really difficult to put it away and not spend it on things that are shiny. And we do really, really, really hard work. And so I think it's very common for sex workers to spend money on themselves to make themselves feel good because, and and you should do that with a portion of it for sure, because mm-hmm. we do a really hard job and you deserve it. But if you don't give some for yourself later and prepare for your future, um, it's definitely a very transient world. It's an ever evolving, flowing kind of um, thing to be involved in. And you may find yourself in parts of it, like, for instance, as a stripper, the stripping, you know, part of sex work is definitely a dying side of things. So um, if that was your main gig, I'm sure you're feeling kind of the pinch. So it's, you know, always smart to think about your future as well as, you know, live in the moment.
0: Yeah. So have that self-care stash and that long-term stash. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it is precarious work with um, with sex work because things change all the time. Laws change that will either prohibit or create legislations to inhibit your work. Or you'll have things like a pandemic that will shut down your workplaces and then you'll have to go online, which the transition can be difficult. Yeah. Or entire websites can come down that were like that. hosting all of your work or your social media profiles can be taken down after 6 years of working on them with all of your mm-hmm. professional photos and everything. So, yeah, these are these are things to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Now the final thing we come to <laughs> is the sexy story segment. So, <laughs> let's get some sexy stories to end off this episode.
2: What kind of sexy story? Whatever.
0: Whatever. <laughs>
2: um i will share one of me and madison she's here beside me um so as we mentioned earlier we we're former aqua flirts at oasis this is her favorite story uh, she tells it all the time and we
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> we used to do performances there a lot and there was one night in particular where it was A glow party night Mm -hmm. so we went in early and we got our bodies painted i did rainbow targets on my butt cheeks because that's my thing (laughs) um but we had like we were very prepared we made an epic playlist Mm -hmm. we had a glowing dildo um thomas thomas he glows in the dark i've named thomas
0: the glowing dildo
2: I name all of Madison still does, and so it's another thing. Um, so yeah, we just had like this really epic scene. It was really fucking hot. Like you fucked me with that in a variety of ways. We were like eating each other out, and then we had like glow paint all, all over our, our mouth. faces. Uh, we got really into it, and we put on a really epic scene. And I just love when people who are watching are into it. Mm-hmm. And then we had so many people come up and be like, "It was amazing." and, Like the playlist was so good. Like the music, it was just like it was my fi- my highlight, best performance at Oasis. And I yeah. did a lot of. Spectator shows there. Uh, Months later, people would find us like
4: randomly at Oasis or other things that we might be at or attending, and be like, "That was a really sweet show. Like you <laughs> stuck in my mind." And it's because you know us being legitimate, actual, real life partners, we were just kind of like playing off of our own energy, which is something and a comment we get a lot too. Yeah, yeah, just... that,
0: that comes across in the, yeah. in the spectator when you have that intimacy. Yeah,
2: yeah. exactly. When you have that chemistry. Now you have to have a sexy story because like you were just part of that <laughs> one. Like this great is and more like a funny story.
4: One time, Lola and I were performing at Oasis. It was our first or second time. I can't remember exactly because it was so nerve-wracking and I quite it was a our blur. first.
2: So was that? The... And is with Daddy C. Okay, wow, so it was a...
1: gonna be so vanilla. So <laughs> it was a...
2: so
4: we had this <laughs> threesome performance planned and we were all kind of nervous. I think. I mean. I don't think me and the um, our shared boyfriend at the time had ever performed live before. And so Lola was our, like, kind of, like, foray into it being like, it's cool, guys, don't worry, it's going to be great. And we're just kind of like, I mean, I would like, done sex in front of a cameraman before, but not in front of an audience, and that's a whole other thing, live audience. Yep. So we were kind of nervous, but so we brought some of our friends for some reason we thought that would be a good idea, who proceeded to get a little bit tipsy, and one of them gets a little feisty when they're tipsy and becomes a little bit vocal in the crowd, probably the most vocal person in the crowd, and was very excited about the whole thing. And the crowd is being, like, very, you know, polite and giving us, like, the right amount of, like, noise at the right moments, but my one um, Daddy D, who is a little like excited in certain moments was quite loud and at one point had lots of suggestions like slap her in the face and like
2: (laughs) uh, yeah like he he yelled at me to slap you in the face which is
4: so not lola she's so delicate and sweet and nice and that was really too pretty i can't hit you and she tried to do it but it was just like oh okay (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> little kitten tablet. Yeah. like when a cat at one point we paw. had to like
4: yeah. throw our underwear into the crowd so he could just put it in his mouth and shut up but
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. daddy D took it in the mouth
4: <laughs> yeah
1: are you guys ready for my vanilla
2: <laughs> I love sexy
1: so ready stories. I don't let a lot of people be like oh yeah baby girl <laughs> 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 to me because like it with clients and stuff I like to be a little more dominant mainly for safety reasons <laughs> so like personal sex life I like to be more submissive if that makes sense like in my but um so my partner he's not really into like calling me like cute names or whatever so he's like yeah like I don't do chores Lola knows this you maybe heard I like literally like live like a slob but I'm trying to get better. So my partner is like oh yeah if you like do the laundry I'll call you baby girl I was like okay for the rest of the weekend for the rest of the weekend I was like okay and then like we were watching a movie I was finishing up the last load so I knew that like he was gonna do it and then he like followed me but he was like hard I guess I don't know why (laughs) he's like oh that's
0: laundry folding
1: yeah he's like oh you did good baby girl like something like that and I was like oh yeah he's like rubbing his dick up on me and like I'm pretty, like, like, to, like, be, like, no, no, you know, like, that whole routine. But then uh, I just uh, let him, like, fuck me on the laundry machine in our apartment. And, like, we have been living with his, like, parents for, like, six months. So, like, having our own space now is, like, really nice because we can just, like, fuck on the laundry machine. So that's, like, not too sexy, but... um, It's sexy. Why it's, not? It's... I think there there's been a lot of just like our sex has like remained in the bedroom or on the camera, like for OnlyFans. Mm. So just having like a moment where it's like spontaneous and like random sex was like really nice. So right. absolutely. Right exactly 100% and yeah that was like a little all right self promo but I wrote a short story and uh, it's gonna be on OnlyFans but Sexy ASMR so subscribe to that that.
0: (laughs) well speaking of which this is your opportunities to shout out where you want to be found
1: okay you can find me on OnlyFans at Lulu official um twitter at Lulu official and on instagram at technically Lulu
4: my Instagram is now the underscore real underscore Madison Rex Rexx. And my Instagram or my uh, OnlyFans and Twitter are both at Madison Rex Rexx. My Instagram for now
2: uh, is the <laughs> underscore real underscore Lola underscore cheeks. Um, and then everything else, my OnlyFans and my Twitter. I am Miss Lola Cheeks cheeks like my butt
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right well thank you all for your time this has been wonderful and educational
2: thank you for having us thank
1: you you're listening
4: to intellectual erection a place where we talk about the naughty to
1: stimulate your
2: senses (laughs) (laughs) i like it